You're tuned into 9 to 5 Work Rebels with your host, Ebony Girl. Well, hi, Lisa, and thank you for joining me and welcome to 9 to 5 Work Rebels. So I am your host, Ebony Gale. I am a 9 to 5 Work Rebel, as you know, um, and I wanted to bring you on here because I found you very interesting. Okay, so for those who don't know, this is Lisa Newton, and she is a serial entrepreneur an author and a course curator, but she's also a big advocate for passive income streams, which I am also, you know, we all need to make sure we can cover our finances. So really, really happy to have you here. So what I really wanted to sort of ask you really, because obviously this is nine to five work rebels and you just skip the nine to five altogether, right? You just avoid it completely. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you've got a, a good tip beforehand, you know, whereas <laughs> I, through it, I was like, oh my God, you know, you were like, oh, forget it. I might even go in there. So what happened? Tell me your journey. So, it, it, well, it all, all began. I'm originally from Nottingham, which is like Robin Hood. I always like to start the intro like that because um, people out there will be thinking, oh, what's the accent? It's Nottingham, like Robin Hood. So uh, when I um, finished school, I went to college and I did, um, uh, I did, I did my A-levels, but alongside that, I also did the A18 accounts and the CIM certificate in marketing. And I remember specifically being in, in the kitchen, um, my mum and dad's watching the Oprah Winfrey show. And I saw this guy on the TV promoting his book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki. And he said, you know, the rich don't work for money. They have money lo- work for them. He said that if you want to study anything, either study law or study accounts, the reason for studying law is because when the law changes, the future changes, and you can get yourself ahead of, you know, whatever those changes might be, or study accounts, because when you can read a balance sheet, it's like a snapshot, it's an x-ray of someone's financial health. So um, fortunately, at, fortunately, at that time, I was doing accounts anyway, so um, balance sheets was my thing. But he also said, you know, um, if you want to be rich, become a business owner and or an investor. So, you know, all of this was swirling around in my mind and it just seemed to make complete and utter total perfect sense. I don't know how old I was at the time, maybe 19 or so, something like that. But I just remember thinking, yeah, you know, you've got to have money work for you. And I read the book and it just completely put me off ever having a job. Like, <laughs> and the thing is, he even says that once you know this information, you can't go back to not knowing it. And his whole thing was, you know, pay yourself first. And I specifically remember on this clip, there was a fireman who stood up and he says, how can I pay myself first? I don't get it. And Kiyosaki said, you just pay yourself first. Like whatever your bills or expenses are, is irrelevant. You take out, let's say 10% for yourself, put it into a different bank account and you pay yourself first and whatever is left, you manage. And so it's very important that that's what we do. Regardless, if we're running a business, we take out a bit and that's for the business to reinvest back in the business. If you're working to take a bit out for yourself. And one of the things he actually also said was to, you know, you don't have to leave your full-time job if you've got one, keep your nine to five, but start a part-time business. So all of these ideas were running around in my mind. So I was at college at the time. I went on to university, did my degree in accounts and marketing. And then from there, I did my master's straight away in investment management. So all the time in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, investment management, Kiyosaki said, you know, you've got to learn investments. And then I had the um, graduation um, ceremony coming up and I wasn't, I just, I graduated in the May and the, the, the ceremony was coming up and I thought, oh my gosh, you know, everyone, all my contemporaries, all my counterparts have gone on into the city of London, the war working in investment banks or something like that. 
what am I going to say? So I thought, you know what, I'm going to start my own limited company. <laughs> and I, I'll, then I'll say I'm a company director. And that's what I did. So I, I've never actually had a full-time nine-to-five job. So upon graduation, I started my first business, which was an accounting service. It was a bookkeeping service. Right. And so that's how I got into it. Unfortunately, because of what I'd studied, the marketing helped me because I'd, I'd learn all about how to market your business and then I had the skill of doing accounting doing bookkeeping so so that's how I got started and then through working with lots of small businesses over the years you know I've had an insight into lots of different companies different cultures never having to actually get involved in it because I'm part-time all over the place Lucky you. just understand <laughs> just understand that I don't want to be involved in the office politics yeah. I do not want a nine-to-five I just I'm happy to be self-employed building my business building my team and working with people that I like who I want to work with and not you know having to be there and I've seen it with people um you know the road that starts off easy where yeah I just get my paycheck nine to five and whatever becomes hard because when you leave that regularity it's hard so I, I I can completely you know sympathize with anyone who's got a nice salary and they're comfortable they might hate it but I can understand why you know it's difficult to leave because that's your safety net Whereas yeah. because I left straight from university, I'm used to beans on toast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like just not eating, whatever. I'm used to that lifestyle. So it, it wasn't, a, 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 I didn't have to downgrade anyway. Downgrade, you know, yeah. it was easy. Yeah. It, was it was easy. easy. So, you know, when people used to, to ask, oh my God, how did you do that? I was like, well, I, the, I didn't know any different. No, I didn't yeah. know I couldn't do it. So I just did it anyway. So you're right. That's an interesting point you make there because the transition from, working in a full-time job and then deciding you want to go and do your own thing is completely different mindset wise you know because I've done a transition you know a few years ago well 2013 I left full-time and decided to do my own thing and um I always knew I wanted to do my own thing but kind of went down the the you know the cookie cutter oh well let's go university and you know get a job or whatever and I had my daughter um, after university Mm. so I was quite interested in getting the job and thinking about you know the money side of things then you get into that and then you start to feel like, actually, well, for me personally, it was like, oh, hold on, I feel like I'm kind of selling myself for this money because I'm not really wanting to be here anymore. I'm not really enjoying it. I feel like you can create a life outside of the nine to five matrix in itself. The way it, the whole system itself is, to me, was built, you know, incorrectly. I and mean, to me, it's just like a modern day slavery system, you know, and, and that's what it, it kind of came across as. Um, if you don't, particularly if you don't like a job, then it definitely will feel like slavery. You're literally just going to go and get your paycheck, right? And a lot of people are not necessarily going for any other reason. Because it's people that I've spoken to and I used to find it amazing when I go to different workplaces and be like, oh, how long have you been here? And someone will say, oh, 20 years. I'd be like, oh my gosh. Like I could not imagine ever in life giving 20 years of my life to someone's company. But that's just, you know, my mindset, you know, and the shift that you have to make from that. So if you're going from being a full-time person, getting a salary, used to getting that, you know, your bribery for your time. Um, so you get your payment <laughs> and then if you try and switch around to doing your own thing it is different you know there's when you first start, start out when I first started out it was a bit like oh my gosh like you know you're so used to a regimented system that you're like okay I've got to do my own thing so you can create your own world but then where do you start creating whereas for you you already started at that that point of actually I don't want to join those ranks I'm going to have to create my own world over here yeah. so obviously for you it's not anything like you said foreign you know where someone else would be like okay you've got to cut down on this cut down on that and that's, that's why I speak to people about the fact that you can transition while in full time, whilst it can be really difficult 
it can be possible, like you said. No, definitely. And you know, the thing is, you know, if, if someone wants to ask me, oh, you know, I'm, I've got a business idea, you know, what should I do? I would say to them, keep your full-time job and yeah. start a part-time business. Yeah. And if you can, if you can afford to, you know, go part-time in your job exactly. and try and go then full-time in your business and transition yeah. like that, that would be my advice. Yeah. That's I once I said that to someone. Well. Yeah, go on. Um, he, he came to me and he said, oh, you know, he, he was working in a supermarket, well-known supermarket chain, and he had a full-time job and he had this idea to sell um, saffron, which is this um, very expensive, um, I think like, you know, like you get salt and pepper. I think it's yeah. like a, a fragrant or yeah. something that you put in food anyway, but it's yeah. very expensive. And so he, he was saying, you know, he can source it from the country he was from, which was um, Iran. And um, he wants to, you know, do this, um, you know, start this as a business. Mm. So I said to him, that's great. Yeah. But um, start that. But then, you know, keep, keep your full time job. But yeah, start it as your little side hustle or whatever and see how it goes. Yeah. He didn't listen to me. And he handed in his notice and was like, oh, yeah, Lisa, you know, I've handed in my notice. So I was just like, <laughs> OK, whatever. Do you know it's what I mean? Go for it. I mean. <laughs> And then he said that he had, he, he, he's like, he's a bit of a salesperson. So he, he knocked on literally every single door and went to these restaurants and sold them this ingredient and they all bought it. And he made a ton load of money. Amazing. So then he goes back to them, you know, following month and um, they said, oh, you know, you want to buy some more? And they were, oh, no, no, no. We've still got some from the last time. Oh, but wow. then it was at that point he realized, oh, because of the expensiveness of this um, product, they're not going to buy it like every month and he ain't going to make that kind of money. They're going to buy it like maybe twice a year, something like yeah. that. Like they still had it in their kitchens. And so when he then runs back to me and it, it wasn't long, like he was still within his probationary period of, you know, like when you have to give notice to leave yeah. Yeah. at the supermarket. So I said to him, just go back to the supermarket and say whatever, you know, and see if you can get back your full-time job yeah. oh no 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 I can't do that he says I don't know if that was male pride or what whatever yeah. I don't know I don't know if he left on bad terms or, or whatever it was I don't know so then you know he he then went into a bit of a panic and then um was like oh, okay I've got to get another job and I'm like well you, you've, you've kind of jumped off into this thing just just keep going with that yeah and he's like, oh no, no no I can't because you know no was buying it blah 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 and then asked me to check his cv for him so that he could like be uh, you know put it, uh, applying for like sales jobs and stuff like that and i'm like yeah but you've got a product why not just why not sell your own product in? yeah but um i don't know and I, at that point like I, you know i can't help you know when you know when you tell or advise someone to do yeah. something and they don't listen to you and yeah. then they come back with a bigger problem yeah. i'm not good at solving your bigger problem like i told you what to do so you wouldn't get there you yeah. didn't listen to me that time the don't ask me one. again because i don't know <laughs> <laughs> so you know that was that so that so, was that but i suppose then your lesson there i suppose for those who are watching it's more of a case of actually if you want to do something you know make sure you are planning what you want to do yeah. Don't always take the leap because even in my book, I write, I write down. I say, well, look, you know, if you want to transition, you can look at. There's ways doing it. Drop your hours down to part time if you can. Mm -hmm. You know, if you can do it on the side and do it on the side, but part time gives you that, you know, leeway. So you know, you've still got some cushion. You know, the money there. Mm -hmm. You can work on your your dream. Mm -hmm. But make sure it's a viable dream. Make sure mm -hmm. it's not just one that won't is not lucrative. So make sure that there's a market for what you need. Right. Just like with him, he found Absolutely. out that actually it's a very good product that they want but it's one that maybe they don't need as frequently as he would have thought 
and because it is saffron that means yeah. it's quite strong you know you're going to use it with certain you know certain items so certain special dishes maybe you find mm. like they don't use it but there are maybe some cultures that would use it more often so yeah. it's about him finding that niche that's all he needs to do really is find his niche and keep pushing forward and maybe expand his product offering so he had more to go at that, yeah, that that too I, I just think it, it was it was the market research he hadn't done obviously he'd seen yeah. you know he can supply it but it was the the usage the frequency yeah you know he, he i mean he could sell it all day long but people don't buy that much of it yeah yeah um and i get it that that's that all comes down to you know your trial and error but also your your market research as you, mm. you mentioned so from your perspective you've had your fingers in a number of pies we know okay because <laughs> you sit on really you sit on board right you <laughs> provide advice to different people so for you I suppose you give a lot of advice around money areas because obviously your background so Mm. what would you say are your top three ways to make and save money Uh, well first and foremost and this is the bookkeeper in me and this is like working with hundreds of businesses over the years and looking at how they spend money and stuff I would say that you know you can Make, right, there's only really two two ways to make more money, and that's either to spend less or to make more. So mm-hmm. let, let's start with that. So if you can make more, as in increase your sales, fantastic. But very often what happens is that your costs start to creep up as you start to make more money. So whether yeah. that's more marketing costs or more, um, more staffing or whatever it might be, your costs can tend to creep up. So I think it's really important that periodically, whether it's quarterly, every six months, you just always review what your costs are because it's very easy for it to get out of hand. Um, I remember once going through the books for uh, one client and I saw that they had this BT and um, it was a BT cost and it would come out every quarter. And we were going through the budget and trying to find ways to save some money. And I'm like, this is a lot for the phone bill. And I know you're like, no one's on the phone like this. What is it? So I actually got a bill, looked into it and saw actually on the bill that they were paying for the rental of a fax machine and had been doing so for like the past two or three years. (laughs) They actually had a fax machine on the desk and they're like, oh, that one, it's in the cupboard still. And I'm like, well, BT is still (laughs) charging you for that that. rent. You've got to take it back to them. (laughs) So sometimes... It's, it's just some costs. Some co- we just have to go through our cost base and just make yeah. sure are all of the costs that we're paying for are, are the things that we're using. I mean, it's really easy for subscriptions to get out of hand, yeah. to be paying for things and not be using them or to be in a contract and not actually reviewing it and saying, hmm, you know, you know maybe we're on a standard tariff. Maybe we don't need to be on that. Maybe we could be on the starter tariff instead yeah. because we still need it, but not as much as we we were. So it's really, really important just to get your costs under control. And yeah. there's a whole load of different costs out there, but just, you know, make sure you're... Stay on top of it. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes for some people, you know, they think, oh, it's penny pinching and, oh, you know, but it's not because every single penny that you have to spend you've got to earn somehow and you can it's like being in a a sinking boat you can be so like get the water out get the water out get the water out but just stop the leaks yeah exactly and you'll have a much calmer existence yeah exactly it's true every penny counts as they say in Jamaican culture every mickle make a muckle so what you've got to do sometimes you don't you do think you'll penny pinch it but it actually adds up or you might find you've been spending too much on a credit card or whatever else. I mean, I found that when I was working for a company before, I ended up saving them uh, quite a few thousand pounds because of their subscription that they had. And yes. we literally just had to update and change a, a few of the subscriptions around and it made a huge difference to the savings. It was, I think it saved them something like, I don't know, it was ridiculous amount of money, over yeah. 50,000 pounds. It was ridiculous. Wow. 
Um, and, and, and it adds up. And you see, it, it, wouldn't, have been, it wouldn't have been 50,000 in the beginning. Maybe they were wasting 10,000. Yeah. But it just, it just goes. And then it's 20, and then it's 20, and then it's 50. And then, do you know what I mean? So sometimes it's the little things. You just got to stop the leaks. Yeah. It, it, it could be all kinds of costs, all kinds of costs. And people really have to, you know, sit down and really think, okay, do I need all of those things? One of the first things that happened when this lockdown began, I said to all my clients, you know, just review all of your costs and just ask yourself, do what you you're spending, them? do you need it? Yeah. And a lot of people, because they're now working from home, have got rid of the office costs. Yeah. There was one guy who one time gave a talk and he was saying he used to have an office in central London I want to say the rent was something like £200,000 a year, something ridiculous like that. And he yeah. said, you know, he had to do a restructuring one time and he decided, you know what, if we all kind of just work from home or I don't know if it was WeWork or wherever they went, yeah. we just got rid of that fixed overhead. And I don't know how much he added to his bottom line, but it, and you don't have that stress. It's a huge difference. I, I advise people that in my book as well. If you want to consult or do your own business, I'm like, you don't have to have an office because when I started mine, I didn't have an office. I didn't want to have that overhead because I knew that was going to be an expense. So do yeah, I need but you, you, see, you see what it is though? Like when people first start a business, because they think like, especially if you come from a corporate like kind of environment, you've got to think, oh no, 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 I need a nice posh office. Yeah, no, I, I came from dress. that, but I was like, absolutely not. I just know it's money. It's just a waste. It's, it's just facade. You know, yeah, exactly. It's exactly. That. And I feel like, you know, I've spoken to people that it's, it's really interesting. I spoke to someone who works in PR and she was talking about a friend of hers who started up their own agency, but literally was paying ridiculous amount of money, had no clients, and then just took on somebody else to hire as well. So it's just like, you're just hemorrhaging money for no reason exactly. because you want to look the part, you know, it's just exactly. like, well, who are you trying to impress? Really? Exactly. You know, is it about doing the business or is it about, you know, keeping up the joneses i don't get it so i've never been one to have that plus there's all the you know workspaces you could have used at the time you know where you can go and hire and use different office spaces and network as well it's great absolutely but i think sometimes though, it depends on what kind of business you want to do because i remember i used to uh, office share with uh, one lady who had uh, a lot of high um net worth kind of clients for right. a certain kind of industry and so she actually had a mayfair um like PO box address and so you know she'd yeah. meet them in that area but yeah. she was working out of this location where right. we were and I used to think it was quite hilarious but you know <laughs> she had this image to upkeep but yeah. at least she wasn't paying Mayfair rent rent no, yeah it was just the for PO the box. facade of like yes yeah. this, is, this is the address to put on the website and stuff like that so I, I can kind of get that but I mean when I think about it, the amount of clients for, for the bookkeeping business who have ever come to visit me I can probably count on one hand because it's for us it was very much a we come to you type yeah, service yeah so i'm normally working or any of the team at the client's premises so i didn't need a big fancy office absolutely you know? and it's the same for me in the work that i do because i do coaching as well business coaching so for that i can just be doing zoom calls over mm. you know on online um for mm. the pr work that i was doing i mean that's fine a lot of that i just do it remotely anyway because it's just a case of me giving them updates and providing information. So you don't necessarily need to be there. Or if we do meet, we can meet somewhere centrally, yeah. you know, or at the client's office if they're here. Some of my clients were international. So a lot of them were just, you know, Zoom recordings and just catching up that way and emails yeah. and usual. So you don't yeah. have to be there. And I think what's interesting is this pandemic has shown people that actually exactly. you don't have to be in any office to get the work done. You can do exactly. it from home. Okay. It's and, just and a lot of companies have actually just given up very... Um, you know expensive office units 
um, shrunk down. They, they don't need it. And they yeah. can desk share if they have to and it disinfect the desk <laughs> between right. people if you have to. You <laughs> know, that a lot of them have, yeah. have seen that that's the reality. And um, I, I think that's a great thing. It's a big opportunity for anyone who wants to get into commercial property because yeah. um, they, they may, a lot of units will are for let. So yeah, you know, next time you walk down the high street. interesting anyway, the commercial side, because where are things going to go going forward? Because whilst people are sort of going out thinking, oh, maybe Easter, you might get released. You know, <laughs> it does sound like we're in prison. You might get released in Easter, but you know, <laughs> it might not happen that way. It could be the summer. So then how does that work for the commercial side of the businesses? I always wonder about that. Those who are entrepreneurs who are out there with their own businesses at the moment that are being really hard hit due to this whole situation. So for those... Mm-hmm. I'll, we'll pick up on that in a second, but I want to come back to the passive income streams. Of the ones that you have, you know, come accustomed to and that you do come and you've got your cash flow and all the things that you do. So what would you say are your top three ways of making passive income? Passive income? Well, I think that um, for anyone out there, I think if you've got a skill or something that you can do, then um, you know, start there, whatever that might be. So for me, I mean, one of the things that I'm very good at is bookkeeping. That's my background. That's what I do, accounts and marketing and stuff. So um, I would advise anyone, think of all the questions people ask you, and then can you make a product around that? And that's what I did. So I have several courses on um, accounting software, for example. So um, how to use QuickBooks, how to use Zero. So online courses, I think, is a massive industry, a massive um, opportunity for a lot of people Absolutely if you've great. got skills and knowledge you can bottle it then yeah. by all means you know yeah. because there are people out there who have got time on their hands maybe they're on furlough um, it, it's advisable to use this time to um, upskill yourself and to so if you've got skills um, knowledge that other people would find helpful would find useful can, can use it to get a job or whatever it might be then by all means see if you can create a course around that knowledge so um, I think online courses massive industry massive opportunity absolutely great um and you've got how many courses out there lisa uh over 100 over 100 courses she has okay so check her out people she has over 100 courses now i've only got about two up okay (laughs) but i think it's impressive Um, and 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 that really all came about because I, I used to give a lot of presentations anyway. So I had a lot of the material as it was. And it's often to, to startups and um, people starting up in business, um, oftentimes to creatives and stuff like that. Yeah. And over the years, because not quite 20 years I've been in business, but quite a while. I mean, yeah. I've been asked, oh, you know, we've got a, a group of people and they're looking at how they can make their business more profitable. So one of these things I'd have to think about and I'd created slides and given a whole presentation and a whole afternoon's workshop on these kind of topics. Right. And so that was like the starting point of where most of these courses came from. So I already had the material. And then for like the software, there's so many accounting software out there, probably at least 20 or 30 and so I started doing the courses in initially to help the team so that they, they wouldn't have, they'd, if a client was on a certain software, it's like, okay, just watch the training and then, you know, you can yeah. sort them out. So that's how that began. So I think online courses, number one is a great yeah. um, thing to look into. Likewise, I'm a fan of not selling time for money. I think any way, any how you can bottle your knowledge is fantastic. So I'm a great yeah. fan of books, book writing, I think yeah. too, um, because you can, you can put your knowledge into a book and anytime anyone wants to pick your brain, that's always one that 
people use. Oh, you've got five minutes. So yeah, but you know, all that information. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes you know, because it you can it can get a bit much, really. It can. And then draining for you as a person who's someone always coming to you for that information. So it's great. You just download the knowledge, give it to someone in book format. And um, thirdly, not not so easy to get into, but I think property is, um, yeah. and that's just from the rich dad, poor dad. I mean, he was always going on about property, passive yeah. income, um, rental units. People will always need somewhere to live. Yeah, um, and, and, you know, if you think of any budget or anything you've ever had to do, what's normally the first thing that you put on it is either rent or mortgage. Mm. So living costs, living yeah. expenses um, is... Um, you know ideal and then in addition to that there are other you know opportunities out there um that are coming up and coming you just got to do your research there's so much on there's lots out there because i've tried a few different things and i think there's lots out there so the book like you you know like you i've got a book out you've got a number of book outs books out and the courses also i find quite useful because i put some of the diy pr courses on different platforms and they're doing they're doing good i just push them a bit more and then, um, but there are other ways of making money. So for example, you know, Amazon FBA, that's quite yep. a big way of making, of making money. If you want to, if you're interested in white labeling and, and taking a product and, and I did that for a test. I did it with uh, some bags some children's bags and they all sold out. So, and it all mm-hmm. went really, it's quite went well, but I think that's changed now obviously because of Brexit, people have just got to look yep. into how that works in terms of how is it impacting you and, you know, importing products over to Amazon or wherever else you need to look at. But there are other options out there to definitely research and there's a lot of people out there on youtube i, I think there have been some back changes as well from the 1st of january 2021 yeah. um because i think maybe people who weren't based in the uk were able to charge no that on their services but like li- literally instantly overnight their prices went up by 20 percent. so yeah, i think what the government legislation was is that the sellers have to be responsible for collecting the vat right um so that that yeah. has made that kind of um uh opportunity uh a little bit less attractive but still nonetheless you know if you can yeah. find a if you can source a product i once had a, a hair business and uh, we sourced our products from china and uh, we sold them on um websites um like on groupon and stuff oh yeah and sold out and um yeah and various products <laughs> so really stuff if you find it right but again like i said you've got to look into the vat because usually there's a threshold isn't there a certain amount of money that you meant you, you can accumulate before a vat is usually um, added on yeah it that, that used to be quite clear but again if you're looking at that anybody watching this then then do a bit of research into that yeah. but it's still a viable way it's just about finding the right product and yes it does yeah. feel like it's saturated because there's a lot out there but yeah. There's lots of different brands selling the same thing and they're still doing very well. So yeah. you can find and your way. The, the only thing I found with that is that sometimes, well, for me anyway, let me yeah. just talk to myself, is that it was a little bit faddish. So, okay. you know, as in like the hair product that we did um, was a keratin hair treatment. And at the time that was like flavor of the month, like that's yeah. what you should do for your hair. And um, I'm sure at one point yo-yos did amazingly well. And I think that, you know, some of these products, if you time it right, yeah, you can make a You can a, make a good nice, money, absolutely. Uh, I think with that, you've got to do a lot more research because I've done yes. research into the Amazon side and it was, I saw lots of fad type of um, products, but I didn't really want to go for one of those ones. You've got seasonal yeah. products as well, which means you've got to be very yeah. clear on your timings and when you want to get it in the warehouses and pushing it. Um, yeah. But then you've got other products that just sell all year round. And yes. uh, those are the, the best ones to go for because, you know, then you Absolutely. get a steady income. But it's just a case of yep. you 
um, looking into that and doing research into that. But again, the point was just to illustrate that there are other ways that you can be looking at making money. And obviously you're coming from a, if you're coming from a nine to five work set mindset, you know, you've just got to yeah. open your mind up to that. So understanding that there are other ways and it's not as straightforward and the idea of exchanging your time for money is something that I'm not really a fan of either. I would prefer to just, you know, like I said, like you've done, you know, the courses, mm. then you know that you're always going to have that reoccurring income because then, you know, somebody in Japan or in Australia at whatever time in the morning, they can go and access the course and I can be asleep and we know that they pay for that course and that will end up in your pocket. So that's always mm. a good thing to, to, to look at and to, to, to find hone in mm-hmm. on. And so for you, you said that you've been doing these things for a while. Now, I know you said you've got the bookkeeping business, but another part that you do is your book publishing. Now, tell us about the book publishing side. Yeah, so what is it? It's a controversial character. So I think it's helped to publish a very controversial subject, you know, the flat earth. So I think it's really interesting (laughs) on there, right? I think that's brilliant. It's brilliant. That's what you want, you know. So tell us a bit about that. Yeah, well, I mean, I've always been into um, just conspiracy theories in general. I yeah. put my hands up. I do just enjoy things like that. Oh, do I? Um, it's very interesting. Attraction. Yeah. I, I think there's there's a lot in the universe that we don't understand and stuff. So one time I was just watching YouTube. I think YouTube has changed a lot over the past one year. Mm-hmm. Um, they've done something to the algorithm. I don't know what it is. Um, and they actually say that they've, they've changed it deliberately because some theories and ideas were gaining too much traction and getting yeah. far too popular yeah um and they whoever they are google didn't like it so yeah. um google owns youtube mm-hmm. and so um started to kind of change the algorithm but somehow you know i'm just watching my usual programs and whatever and then this guy um comes onto this radio show it was called coast to coast coast to coast am so they have all sorts of people on there really fascinating you know they talk about everything mm-hmm. everything black-eyed children bigfoot just 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 random stuff looking (laughs) yeah and then one time i had this guy on there and he said yeah summer 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 and the earth is flat and i was like oh okay and then i looked into this guy and uh, it just he his video series call it whatever you like has just captured so many people a lot of people reuse the the material repurposed it so i reached out to him and said oh you know would you like to publish this book with us Mm. and um lo and behold to my surprise he said yes so um, <laughs> that was like one of our, our first big clients to uh you know take us up on that and Brilliant. so we yeah we turned the, the content into a book um into a course um and into an audio book as well uh got it translated into french and um there's also a second um uh, series on that but That's the way so the that book you don't realize she's talking about mark Sargent, just so you know okay. yes yeah sorry yeah <laughs> yeah look him up um uh but the, the the book publishing came about um simply because sometimes and people have to be very aware of this that you know when you well when you start a business you can get to a point where you might get a little bit bored of it mm-hmm. um and i've been doing bookkeeping for a while and much as i love it and i still do it i kind of thought mm, I, just, I just don't want to do something else and when it's a service-based business you very much have to be present and available to deliver the service. And it had been bugging me for a long time where I kept thinking, you know what? I want to do a product-based business. I want to be able to have it on the shelf and pick it off the shelf and send it out. Mm. And so I've done various different products, um, weight loss products, hair products, as I said. Um, And so I thought the next one, informational products, because there's a lot of people out there searching for information. People want to know more about, whatever it might be 
you yeah. know and now it's, there's never been an easier time there's so much information at our fingertips and so part of it was a bit of a cathartic release for myself because as I'd been running this bookkeeping business over the years and people were asking me questions and all kinds of madness had happened to me regarding whether it's clients, clients not paying, um, staff, um, people trying to steal my clients, uh, just all kinds of things. I yeah. just, you know, every time something happened in the business, I thought, you know what, this is one for the book. You know, the, you know, like when they say, I got the t-shirt, got yeah, the book. I just kept thinking, this is one for the book. And eventually <laughs> it just got to a, a breaking point. And I thought, you know what, I've got to write this and I've got to write this book. So the first book was how to start your own bookkeeping business and be successful. Yeah. Um, because I just thought, you know what people, cause I started the business with 150 pound, 50 from my mom, 100 pound from my overdraft same month of graduating from university and people be like, oh my god you know how did you do that my first client was actually a property millionaire this, this Jewish guy and um people are always like fascinated like oh my god lisa like your first client, you millionaire? Know client? You're not, so amazing. i tell the story and so so what, I, what actually happened how i got that client is a bit funny because people always want to know you know how do you market and get clients and i said well various things came together in, in me getting this client so what was happening was I used to go um, I was doing a, a part-time course just like I don't know weekly at the Mary Ward Centre maybe it was word processing or excel spreadsheets right. but I was upping my skills at the time and so um, they had a notice board where you could pay 25 pence a week so me being my uh, budgeting self thought okay don't want to risk too much so I'll put a pound on it. Yeah. <laughs> this advert for four weeks and I put it up on the notice board. So I had a little picture of a calculator and I remember even being in the kitchen, my friend came around and um, my mum was there and I was like, oh, look, th this is the logo. Gonna be, which, which, which one do you like? And so they said, yeah, Lisa, that one. So it was, it was a calculator with a hand on it. So just a clip art picture. So I used that and I was like, bookkeeping service. And this is what we do. Sales ledger, purchase ledger, VAT returns, blah, blah, blah. And then put it up on the notice board. So go back week one, still there. I want to make sure I'm getting my money in there. <laughs> my money's <laughs> the advert as it disappeared, yeah? Week two go back now. Yeah. And I see that someone had copied my advert. When I say word for word. What, word for word? even down to the little picture of a calculator. Wow. They couldn't even be original to find a different picture. And I thought, what is this? Yeah. So I took down the details of this person. Because right. I, I thought, I've got to say something here because yeah. this is just out of order. Do you know what I mean? Plagiarism. What's going and, do you know what I mean? <laughs> so I contacted this person out of the blue, this lady. And I said, yeah, you know, basically, you know, I, I saw you'd copied my advert and I just yeah. wanted you to know that I saw that. Yeah. And it wasn't a horrible email. I just, yeah. I just needed to let her know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. She replies back. I'm like, oh, Lisa, we, we spoke on the phone. Um, you know, your advert was so good. You know, I just, I couldn't improve upon it, but you know, I just, I really liked it. So, you know, um, I hope you don't mind. Thanks, what what am I going to say? I said, yeah. all right, fine, whatever. You know, they say that um, flattery is the greatest form of well, imitation. Um, imagery. Is, is, imitation is the greatest That's form right. of flattery. Yeah. I thought, all right, whatever. And, you know, at, at this time, I'd just come from a, like a, a degree where we do, we do marketing and you're supposed to differentiate yourself and you're not being yeah. good. Anyway, whatever. I didn't, like, literally, a <sighs> couple of weeks down the line, I completely forgot about it. She rings me up out of the blue and says, oh, I've got a full-time job now, but there's a guy who um, I know who goes to my synagogue or whatever and is looking for a bookkeeper and, you know, an accountant or someone she knew. Are you still interested? And I'm like, yeah, like my business is like two minutes old. Of course I'm still interested. <laughs> she puts me in touch with this guy. 
I meet the account and meet the guy, get on well. That guy became my um, client for like five plus years. Amazing. Best client ever, lovely guy. You know, learned a lot about the property business through watching him and how he managed his his business and stuff like that. And now you have your own portfolio, so that's always a good thing too. Absolutely. And I mean, what I got paid there for for one day, like £200 a day, back in like almost 20 years ago, was brilliant. That's that's a brilliant. I I could literally manage on that one day and like spend four days working on the business. So I was able to do other things, do courses, work on growing the business, putting systems in place, putting structures in place and dipping my hands and my, you know, dipping my fingers in other pies so that, you know, because I always have that baseline to come back to. But I mean, so that story is like, you you put out adverts so that's one part of marketing it's word of mouth um you know referral marketing Mm. and it's also like not seeing your competition if you like as an enemy but just trying to collaborate because you know when I reached out to the woman it it was a little bit yes I was a little bit upset like you ripped off my advert but at the same time it was all right it was also a matter of well let me just say hello you know what I mean yeah kind of thing yeah and actually it came a good thing came out of it really no absolutely because you know she gave me that referral and it always struck me that I don't know how long she'd been going for but she went and got a full-time job and so couldn't take on this this um client yeah and one of the things I always say to people is you have to be in the game long enough to see the results so if you start your business on on the first of January on the 31st of January don't give up because the phone hasn't rang yet or whatever it might be keep going because yeah. I've had referrals years after meeting the, the person the first time or yeah. I did a lot of networking so sometimes you know people think you're lucky or you know you you might not understand how something's come about but the key thing is you've been around long enough people see that you're serious they know what you do and that you're, you're still there you've got a reputation for it you've won a few awards along the way and stuff like that and you're still yeah. there yeah. and that in itself builds trust and confidence you know yeah, absolutely absolutely well that's great so at the moment what I was going to say to you I suppose we kind of covered it I was going to say but what kind of keeps you on your path because you know you have challenges you have your bumps I mean, what keeps you motivated um I've just because I enjoy what I do I think that keeps me motivated in the sense that it's not work for me I'm I'm just I'm enjoying what I'm I'm doing I mean um I think that's really really important to to enjoy it and if there's any job within your business that you don't enjoy outsource it give it to someone else let someone else do it but I like learning I've always liked learning I like reading books I like you know putting trying new things understanding how things work and stuff like that at the moment I'm learning all about um, WordPress, Elementor, um, how to, you know, create websites oh, and websites. stuff like that. Yeah, and, they're really good. Yeah, I, d- I, I, I just, you know, WordPress. it keeps me busy. So, yeah, yeah. my no, kind of thing. But... I like that. I'm learning about stocks at the moment, more about investing in stocks. I'm mm. learning how to stay through day trading, but learning on the stock side is, in- is important. I know mm. you've mentioned you've got some stock and you've, you've got property portfolios. So I think that's, those are the key things for me in terms of um, wealth building. You know, mm. property investments and um, looking at other ways and other streams of income as well. Um, so, yeah. yeah, that's always, always useful as well. Because it, it's back to that paying yourself first, taking 10% out as and when you can, but not just everything. You should just take 10% out of everything, putting it to one side and then thinking, OK, what can I put that into? How can I get that money to work for me so that you're not con- 
continuously always you know on the go kind on of the thing go. yeah 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 I get um it. yeah yeah no that's good well it's been very helpful and then I wanted to ask you about some of the advice you've been given so what was the, the worst advice you've been given around your business the worst advice yeah I, well I think that would be you know just jump in and just go for it I'd be like no 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 do a bit of research yeah um, <laughs> see what's out there um lots of information about everything out there yeah and and see what will will work for you and um and and have a go mm-hmm. and then in terms of your because you do have a lot going on obviously you've got bookkeeping you've got you know property you've got things that you're doing lots of other businesses and you know publishing how do you find you managing your time and like the work-life balance because that's one of the things that people want to kind of escape nine to five for to get that work-life balance so how do you achieve your work-life balance at the moment well when it comes to work life um i think I've always been one to try and, um, I don't know, uh, none of the, the work, to, well, to me, the work that I do, I don't see it as being work. It's more, um, I mean, I am enjoying myself. <laughs> and um, when we could travel, when we were allowed, you know, I did make a point of uh, getting out and about so um you know i've done volunteering uh, in in different places in uh, oh, thailand in colombia a couple of times um because i'm well i've been learning spanish for ages but um i am fluent in spanish but i've been to countries like peru and um different part of colombia and spain many times and done immersion courses there oh, cool. um, i think you know i, I try and you know, sort of do what I enjoy doing and like fit the work in around that. Around that. Um, you know, I like yoga, I like meditation, um, dancing salsa and stuff like that. Cool. Um, so. Sounds yeah. fun. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's, that's the main thing. Cause I find, I think when I first started going on, you know, doing my own business, it was getting that balance right. Cause sometimes, you know, you could work and because you're not at the office, you might find yourself working later or, you know, your times might be a bit different. But then I used to just make sure I tried to, you know, make sure I've got time things that I'm enjoying mm. outside of the work because otherwise it can just morph into seamless you know you just go from sort of work to work to work depending on how many projects you're managing and how many pies you're managing because you know mm. you've got your publishing house you've got different things going on so always interesting to hear about you know time management but good to hear you're fitting in some fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you see this this was part of the reason as well for starting like other businesses so that not to say that not boredom is the wrong word but I just for me you know I know some people like can only do one thing and they've got to do it really really well and that's their only thing and you know but I mean for me I I like to like do other things because Mm. I always think that what you learn in one business you can apply to another absolutely and it's um it, it just you know no I think maybe back to our programming and conditioning like they say oh you know you've got to go to school yeah. work hard get a nine to five stay in the job for like 40 odd years then get a golden watch at retirement then go and retire and blah 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 and yeah. I just that's never been me and as time's gone by more and more people have realized actually life is probably more about having a series of mini retirements throughout and a lot of people are gonna have to retrain and maybe have three or four careers yeah over their working life so I don't think one should ever stick to if you like just one thing and we've seen that in the global pandemic where we're actually 
actively be encouraged to pivot, you know, yeah. uh, and that was never difficult for me because if one thing went down, something else went up. I mean, during this time, online course has gone through the roof. Yeah. Yeah. It because it's a great time, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's a great thing to do. Mm. So it makes sense, but yeah, I completely agree with you on that. And I've never necessarily been a person who feels like it's all about going with the programmed world of the cookie cutter. I do feel like you can do more than one thing. I don't think you have to be one dimensional. I never have been one dimensional. So I feel like I like art. I started out doing art. Like I like drawing and things like that. So I like art. I love dance. I used to do dancing as well. Those are the two things that I used to, I was quite creative, but then I went into PR and, you know, you, now I'm doing more business coaching and helping my clients to kind of get themselves going on their kind of journey and their trajectory to escape nine to five and set up their own business and interesting to deal with the mindset and the limiting beliefs that people have because of the programming. Yeah. You know, it's so dangerous. So even that in itself, breaking down a nine to five matrix in itself is interesting because you're literally just taking cohorts of people, putting them through a system. Okay. At the end of that, like you said, you might get a gold watch, you might get a pat on the back and then you go off. You might be able to travel for a little bit with a little bit of the retirement money. If there's anything left, if the government hasn't completely squandered it all by then and then off you go, you know, that's it. That's the end of your life. It doesn't, it never ever sat well with me. This whole thing. Oh yeah. You had your, your house and your, what two children and a dog and a white picket fence and call it a day mm. where <laughs> like it's yeah. like can we live life and can and, and let's create what lives that we actually want to live mm. and it's really interesting when you start getting into the whole matrix thing because someone said to me recently i was listening to uh i think i told you i listened to ralph smart infinite waters quite a lot yeah I like the way he talks and he was speaking about don't you think it's interesting that humans are the only people who pay to live here to live on this land and I thought that's absolutely so true because animals don't have to pay for anything. You know, all the, that's not how the world was set up. I don't believe the most high set it up in that way, you know, but of course, you know, money came in, things came in and people decided let's trade money and time for money. And, you know, all that kind of comes in and changes the whole program, but it's, it's a whole interesting situation. But again, for those who are interested in nine to five, and want to stay in that. I say, by all means, if you enjoy it, you know, stay in it mm. but I don't feel like you should have to pigeonhole yourself or cut yourself off just like in PR sometimes if you're in a PR um, firm and you're in finance they'll say you can't go into consumer well why not these are skills that are actually transferable so any person who's putting the, the these barriers there is actually people in the industry you don't need to do that or, or from or sometimes when it comes to ourself and our growth we put in those barriers there so um, it's about unpicking that and, and understanding, no, you're uh, a living being and you can be whoever you want to be. You know, like you said, you can reincarnate yourself how many times you like. You might not like, and when I say that, I mean that in terms of reincarnating your career path or, you know, where you want to go in life. So you don't have to be tickled down to one thing. And why should it be Lisa the bookkeeper and nothing else? Well, no, because Lisa actually likes, she likes to write and she likes to create content. She actually <laughs> yeah. likes to travel and she likes to own her property. And that's <laughs> like, you know, why not? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I think it's important that we see that we don't have to be limited and that we can, you know, move forward in our goals and it might take time, but don't limit yourself. I think that's the worst thing we can do. We box ourselves in. Mm. And that's, again, down to mindset management. And I think I do a lot of kind of talking around that with some of the coaching that I've been doing of late. So like you said, it's all about staying focused on what you love and doing something that you enjoy. And it doesn't feel so hard then, does it? You know? No, absolutely. Um, you know, I think life's too short. And I think, you know, we're, we're all, everyone's got a skill. Everyone's good at something and Ooh. just, you know, try and, you know, work with what you're what you've good got. at. Um, you know, don't let anyone else put you off because the key thing, you know, you ask a, a group of elderly people, you know, 
what's the one regret you have at life? And they'll say, oh, you know, caring so much about what others think. And, you know, you've just got to go for it. Because at the end of the day, half these people who really don't matter, you know, you're letting them control your life. Like, no, just do what makes you happy, you know? Exactly, exactly. So true. And in in terms of, for you personally, in your journey, would you identify any particular point in life where you felt like you had a real mindset battle? Because I feel like being on your own, or working for yourself you're constantly having to motivate yourself and keep yourself no, yeah, no, absolutely and I, I actually remember the time I wrote about it in my book as well because um I've been working 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 and um growing the business um busy 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 and um I had a check that I had to deposit and so um I went to my local Halifax thinking because I just googled it and thought okay there's a Halifax there didn't even know there was one there went to the Halifax and it turned out that that was like an estate agency branch not an actual bank branch and I got chatting to the guy in there called Daniel never forget this and so uh, it was too late maybe the the closest one might have been Camden and maybe they close at 12 o'clock one o'clock and I don't know what time it was and I just didn't have time to go there so I thought oh gosh you know and one day I'm going to be with clients all day so I don't know when I'm going to get a chance to bank this check but anyway so then um I just ended up getting getting talking to Daniel and I was like, you know, moaning, if you like, for want of a better word, or how busy I am and blah, blah, blah. But not in a horrible way, but just like, yeah. you know, there's so much to do. And when you're uh, a single one-man business, as I was at the time, very difficult to juggle all these things. He just said to me, Lisa, why don't you just hire someone? And, you know, it's like the penny dropped and I thought, yeah why don't I? <laughs> and so like literally i put the, an advert out in the job center literally th- that was a saturday literally on the monday started um interviewing people and at the time i didn't have any um office space but the job center would actually give you space in their building so that you could do your interviews in there oh, wow. and i got quite well known in there and you know it was it was just a whole learning process like i used to put, put book people in for an hour and I'd be there all day and then I realized you know what half the people don't even turn up so let me just do 30 minute slots yeah and then you know as time's gone on it's like oh you know you've got to test them for this and test them for that and you know because they'll say yeah I can do bookkeeping and yeah you can't do anything so you have to test them at the interview and yeah following up references and stuff like that and I got my first um my first employee um was a lady who she's back in China now but um she was working at the post office at the time and that property client that I mentioned that was the first client that I passed on and she took care of him. And then I realized, you know, you, you sell someone else's time for money. Mm-hmm. That £200 a day, if I'm giving her a percentage of that, mm-hmm. I'm still making money and I'm not even there. So, yeah, do you know, yeah, like, exactly. yeah, it's brilliant. that was the, the, the first thing. And then um, it was my admin assistant was the second person who I um, hired. And I put her on a, I think it was a 25 hour a week contract. And if you think about that, that was literally one day a week. 25 hours that I had when I had to work um write it all down and you know and this is how I got into writing the books like having to do the handbook and just this is how you run the business how to operate the phone how to do this how to do that I realized that that was like 25 hours a week of my life I didn't even realize I was just doing admin on the business yeah and I remember I'd have to you know I'd be doing work doing work doing work the alarm would go off and I'd realised I haven't even been to bed yet and I've got to do another day. Yeah. Now, at the time, you know, you've got lots of energy and stuff and I mean, I ain't got any kids, so it was fine, just running yeah. around. So I can do all of that. But I think if I had to do it all again, <laughs> I'd get help a lot sooner yeah. because it, it's just easier, just outsource, yeah. just, you know, get get some help. But it, it, 
that was the shocker to me where I thought, God, you know, all this time I've been doing all of this and it's actually quite a lot of work. Mm. I didn't realise, like 25 hours a week, like, and exactly. you know, even the time the, the, the admin person like was struggling to keep on top, like, and it made me think, you know, how have you managed to do this? Do all this this whole time, yeah. Wow. It is about to kind of choosing and picking the tasks you want to do and if you can and outsourcing whatever you want to do. So I think that's interesting. And that's when my next question was going to say, you know, what would you change? So that's one of the things you would change then. Yeah. Definitely. Like, hire, hire people sooner. Yeah. yeah. If you need to do that. Absolutely. It depends on your, your business model and what you're trying to do. And yeah. Did you ever want to kind of go into like a huge bookkeeping agency or you just, did you want to keep it kind of? I, I did. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Throw it. But then, you know, I kind of scaled back and pulled back. So I thought, you know what, is this really what I want? Mm. Like, because it's service-based, so it's more people, yeah. more people, more problems. Just yeah. And I just kind of thought, you know what, let me just pivot, if you like, yeah. <laughs> and go into a different direction, because this was the thing. I, 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 I still am always looking at business models, different ways of operating and different ways of being. And I think probably due to the fact that when I was doing bookkeeping and I'm in lots of different types of businesses, mm. I would see different business structures yeah processes ideas yeah yep, process yeah. and just different kind of models and i must say you know all the years property has probably been the one any clients like that i always think yeah that's a better business because you, you don't seem to have the staff mm. <laughs> pressures mm. you, you just you get your um lettings agent deal with all of that yeah you, can you just don't seem to it. have that kind of you know you know so i over the years, what I believe, some businesses are just easier than others. And not to say property is easy, I'm not saying that, but I just think some businesses are easier than others. Mm. And one of the things that anyone who's gone into property in the past 10 or so years has probably noticed is that whatever they've bought has gone up in value. They haven't done anything. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. say they've been lucky either. I'd just say that that's where the market's gone. So yeah. they've had some capital appreciation as well as having the cash flow the whole time. And so some people can be in a business doing it, doing it, doing it. And they've got this far and someone else, same effort, doing it, doing it, doing it. But I've got that far. Yeah, yeah. So we, we've always got to be looking at what are we doing? And is this the easiest way? Easiest is way. this the right way? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm not someone to keep banging my head against a brick wall. I think, you know, see what, what, works, what works and what, what is enjoyable. Yeah. 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 No, great. Well, that's been very helpful and very insightful as well, Lisa. So some good tips there about, you know, looking after your money as well and making sure you're counting what's going out. I think that's a good, that's a, that's a key thing as well. And I think it's really interesting that finance for a lot of people is like a taboo subject, something that we don't really want to talk about. Even when it comes to setting, you know, your fees, how to make sure you're getting paid the right amount of yeah, money. I'm paid I on time, I'm paid at all. Getting paid on time, that's a problem. I've, I've, I've had to give clients, um, charge them late fees before. I implemented that because I had to. It got to the point where it's like, you know, you're leaving me short now because of this, you know. Absolutely. This and and, and when a client, if you send out an invoice and the client doesn't pay you, in a, in a, effectively they're using you as a bank because yeah. your cash is sitting in their bank account their and they're bank. getting the benefit of that Yeah, and you're not. Exactly. So there's always those sort of things. I remember doing a, a really big talk at one of the um, Ipsy's freelance, National Freelancers Day. And I gave a talk about, you know, get setting fees and making sure you're getting paid and how to set your fees and, and looking at, well, you know, depends on the type of service you have. And 
you know, how much do you want to earn? And maybe working backwards, making, mm. working your way backwards. How many clients do you need to have to earn this much based on how much you charge? And, you know, also talking about money. Cause I feel like a lot of people don't want to talk about money. Um, I think that's a, a, a big issue in black community in terms of uh, families. I don't think we always talk mm. about things openly and I can speak about, about that from my personal perspective. But I mean, I feel like it's not just, you know, black or white. It is not a color thing. It's just a thing of there's some communities that don't really expressly go into this. And I think that's why a lot of us struggle in adulthood in terms of, you know, how to manage their money or, you know, how to make sure we're increasing and bringing it up. You know, they say that the rich know how to work their money because they make sure their money works for them. Whereas most people, you know, your middle class, your poor are, are working for the money. And we're not thinking about how do we make sure our money works for us. Um, so it's all interesting. So it's really good to have someone like you who's, you know, doing this in some different business and you see me in some, some different structures. So you can take that and give people great advice depending on what type of business they have as well. So I think that's always a, a great thing. So thank you again for sharing your time and coming on here with me today. I will probably get back on again at some point to give some more advice because I suppose the one thing we didn't really touch on, which was... Um, any particular tips you could give someone during this pandemic time? I mean, I know you've got your course. So I'll plug that for now. So I'd say go and check out Lisa's course because she's got a course on, give them the title, Lisa. Corona Proof Your Finances. There you go. Corona Proof Your um, Finances. Yeah. Really cool. That's a, really <laughs> good. a free course, isn't it? It's a free one. Free yeah, bit. yeah, free. Mm-hmm. It's a freebie one. So yes, check that out, people, and mm-hmm. how to, you know, coronavirus or uh, Corona Proof. You don't want to give no virus to our finances. You want to, you want to, you want to make sure it's all healthy, okay? No viruses around here. <laughs> but no, thank you so much. Hi, nine to five work rebels. If you're feeling stuck or looking for a way out of your nine to five, then you're gonna to want to check out my online course, How to Be a Successful Consultant, Earn More and Escape the Nine to Five. You can also check out my book. How to Become a Consultant, a Guide to Free Yourself from the 9 to 5. If you're already in business or about to start your business, then you're going to want to check out my online DIY PR course, How to Get Media Coverage for Your Business in 30 Days. It will teach you how you can blow up your profile and profits while saving you thousands of pounds in agency fees in the process. So what are you waiting for? Get busy. The links to both the course and the book are in the description box.